My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome to the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast, where I share insights, perspectives, and my own experience as a teacher since 2011 in Austin, Texas, and online, and things that have worked for me, things that don't work for me. And uh, one thing that's really worked well for me is having this perspective that I only really have one thing to teach. And this helps me avoid the burnout, like I talked about on the last episode with Lisa Fader. It helps me stay in alignment and clear on how I'm serving and what I need to do to be of service to others. So I'm excited to get all into that today. It'll be a pretty brief episode, but I'm going to get into some depth into this topic, which is very important to me. But before I do, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the Mindful New Year Retreat, which I'm hosting January 17th just outside of Austin, Texas at a beautiful ranch there. You can come for three days, one day, or do it all online if you can't visit in person. Ayurveda, Vedic Astrology, and Yoga, and Meditation all together in this training retreat. It's all about basically reviewing the past year, 2019, the past decade, and planning for the year ahead. If you're listening to this after that date, there will be another one the next year. So you can check out mindfulnewyear.com to learn more about that and everything that's included. I'm super excited for that. And even at that retreat, what I'm teaching there, a big part of it is what I'm sharing today, stira, sukha, asana. Stira, strength, stability, all things masculine, yang, structure, and sukha, ease, good space is a literal definition, uh, softness, openness, receptivity, the feminine qualities, the yin qualities. So these two polarities, and from this sort of dualistic perspective that there are two energies, but together they're really one energy, and this is sort of the foundation of the uh, dualistic philosophies of India that are the origins of many of the yoga practices. From my perspective, I found that it's very helpful to work in this way. And the human body works a lot in this way. So postures can be either in flexion, like spinal flexion, folding forward, like a forward fold, like child's pose or standing forward fold. And that has a certain effect on the nervous system. Right? And then poses can be uh, an extension, like spinal extension, like back bends, like camel pose, ustrasana, or wheel pose, any sort of like cobra pose. Right, So there's this polarity there just in one aspect of yoga practice. The spine can be moving forward or back. There's other ways the spine can move, but it's almost always in pairs of opposites. You could twist to the left or right. You could do a side bend left or right. Uh, but this this perspective here, and when you do the extensions of the spine, that engages the, the nervous system in a different way than the forward folds, in the opposite way almost. So that's one way that it shows up in the yoga practice, the stira sukha asana. So when I go to teach a class and I sit down and I, one thing I learned from one of my mentors early on is to be like a channel, to just be receptive, to sit down and uh, I really like the St. Francis prayer, uh, make me an instrument of peace. Uh, if you look up that whole, uh, that prayer is very powerful. I don't memorize it all, but I remember the feeling of it, the frequency of it. And it's my own practice to tune into that as often as I can. It's very um, resonant for me, even though I'm not a Christian, but I like that, the intention and the frequency of that uh, to say, just make me an instrument to let me be open and receptive. And then when I'm open and receptive, what am I doing, right? So early on when I first started teaching, it was just like 
uh, I like I know this pose. I know how to do that pose. Uh, I like these poses. These feel good together. I didn't quite exactly know why I was doing it all or how it all fit together or how it was affecting the students. But then I would do certain things and kind of stumble on these things of like getting feedback from students and just feedback in my own body and my own practice to notice like, oh, this these sort of poses have this sort of effects and these poses have those effects. And then there's a correlation between what I've learned in anatomy and kinesiology and everything since then. And one way that we're working with this energy of stirasuka, the yin and yang, is in the nervous system. So as I mentioned, forward bends and back bends affect the nervous system differently. Forward bends tend to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest, digest, relax mode, the more yin aspect of our nervous system and the back bends, the more active, energizing, engaging poses tend to activate more of the sympathetic nervous system, which can be a fight or flight response. Uh, but in general, we want to have access to that. It's not like it's bad to, we don't want extreme fight or flight where we're panicked, but we do want that alertness and that mindfulness and that sharp focus at times. And even just being awake, listening to this podcast, you're in some level of the sympathetic nervous system mode. And then there's those times when you just need to like lay down and take a nap and then you switch over to that parasympathetic mode or after you have a big lunch, maybe eat a little too much and then you get sleepy. And that's again, you're shifting over into that parasympathetic mode where your body can rest and digest. And the real art is knowing how to switch between those and not getting maybe in this mode of thinking you have to do more and push and strive and drink more coffee and get more done and just like negate that rest and digest mode you can do that for a while but as you've probably experienced that ends up in things like burnout like we talked about last episode or any sorts of diseases issues that just come from your body not having time to heal and rest and, and digest things injuries right so this is another example of stira sukha asana so asana the posture the seat and really anything we're doing can be an asana, a posture. In the very traditional sense, it typically meant actual sitting and meditation. But now we have asanas for everything in every kind of shape and position. And my perspective, it's like right now you're in some sort of asana, right? How you're sitting or, or moving or standing is having an energetic effect. And it can be a seat of awareness, a perspective of insight, of meditation, or it could not be because maybe you don't have that good balance of stira and sukha and, and then your mind just kind of drifting and you're easily distracted, right? Sitting on your phone, like hunched over, looking, scrolling through Instagram is an asana. It's insta-asana, I guess. Uh, and that's uh, that has an effect, right? That has a, an effect on your nervous system, your mood, your emotions. You do that too long. Uh, that's no bueno, right? That's not going to lead to you feeling very great emotionally, mentally, and physically after a while, right? So we, we need to move between these things. And doing some of that is okay, but doing too much of that, now you've become uh, imbalanced. You don't have that balance of stira and sukha, that stability and ease. Sometimes you just want to like veg out, chill out, and just scroll through your social feed. Totally fine. But if that's all you do, again, there's going to be issues. So stira, sukha, asana is really all I feel I have to teach. So when I show up to sit in front of a class and make myself open and receptive, I always take requests. I check in with students and hear how they're feeling. 
And for example, if somebody says they've got tight shoulders, to work with that, in the beginning, when I was early on in my teaching, I might have thought, well, it's, oh, it's every way I could think of to stretch out around the shoulders. And I would do that. And that, that works to a degree. And especially if there's a lot of tension and, uh, and that's really the issue. like the, there's a sort of just tensed up like frustration or fear or anxiety and they're just sitting at a desk all day. Or maybe they're very athletic and the tension is from overuse and they're working out their shoulders a lot. And that's where the tension comes from. Great. And, and again, to some degree, doing just that for a while is helpful. But as I've learned over the years, just doing that is something I did. This is something I did for a while where I had shoulder tension and I just stretched it. All I did was find different ways to stretch it. And I was confused why it wasn't going away. And maybe I wasn't stretching it enough. And I've shared this before elsewhere, but I realized I needed to be strengthening. And muscles get tense often because they're weak. So I needed more stira. I had way too much sukha. I was just doing yoga and just stretching and finding that sort of, not like a forceful stretch either, because I've, I've had really good teachers to, to know not to force anything. So I was still doing like pretty safe stretches, pretty uh, conservative stretches, but still I didn't have the stira, so I didn't have the good space of the sukha either. So I had to learn to strengthen my shoulders as well. And now when someone comes to my classes and requests to work with their shoulders, I'll, I'll do my best to assess them and, and kind of sense like, well, are they an athlete? And they just, they probably just would benefit from just stretching or are they, someone who's working at a desk, which is more often the case, or they're in some sort of posture through their job that they, they're, uh, kind of not uh, using their shoulders well throughout the day and they're not doing anything to strengthen them either. So then I know it's probably a weakness and I can do different sort of muscle testing things to find that for sure. But in a lot of cases, and if you're a teacher and you go to and someone requests shoulders, most cases that I've seen over the years, it's there's a weakness there. So you wanna do things to strengthen, build a stira in the shoulders and to stretch and create ease and mobility in the joints and the shoulder and the muscles of the shoulder. So both stira and sukha, not too much of either one. So you have that good balance of both and that creates that more meditative awareness and that just great feeling uh, that we can get more into the deeper states of uh, yoga practice and meditation and samadhi over time, maybe, uh, just by doing this sort of uh, starting point of seeing the polarities. Then as we go through the class, I'm watching. So are they having a hard time breathing? Maybe I've sequenced too much stira. I haven't listened to them quite enough to get that right balance. Or maybe they're just not quite in tune with their breathing yet and I can cue in a way that will help them get in sync with that. So I'm always responding really to everything all the time, all day. And this is why I'm so grateful for yoga philosophy and Ayurveda in an Ayurvedic perspective, this is this shows up as like increases like, and opposites bring balance. So if somebody comes to a class, or this could be you, who's already very pitta, very fiery, eating spicy foods, getting a lot done, very productive, task and goal oriented, drinking like three cups of coffee a day, and some yerba mate, and some espresso, and you know, and just have all this energy going on, and all these things amping things up, then you go to practice and the practice is like hot yoga, vinyasa, really fast. 
and you're just amping all this stuff up more, that's a like increases like. This person, which could be you again, it's been me at times where you're like more likely to get frustrated, angry, blow up, burn out, have inflammation, heartburn, any sort of like burning sensation, redness on the skin, rashes, boils, uh, these sort of things are all pitta excess because the like increased the like. And now you need the opposite to bring balance. So you need some more cooling stuff like coconut water or maybe some yin yoga, right? Some winding down, some restorative yoga, nidra, things like that, singing bowls that are going to help you regulate your system back down more towards the sukha side of things, the yin side of things, the receptive side of things. In your work, right? again, this all can show up in all aspects of life, in your relationships, in home. Is there too much of this pushing and drive and the stira and it's got to be this way and I've got to have it just so, right? You know how frustrating that can get just thinking about it. So you've got to have these this balance. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. You're going to reach this limit like everybody does. Any great athlete and you look at like great yoga teachers over the years, uh, you know, and the, those kind of teachers who'd say like you got to push and push and push and those teachers almost invariably end up getting injured and they have to stop and they have to slow down and then they've got to go to the suka side of things. Whereas my perspective is you can do it now proactively, preventively before you burn out and it's like a daily hour by hour thing even and even to the degree that if you check in with your nostrils right now. And if you've not heard of this, this might be really kind of crazy to you. But if you just close off one nostril and notice uh, how you breathe to that other nostril and then switch to sides, see how you breathe to that one. One nostril is dominant every 90 minutes. And the yogic perspective on this is this is the nadis, the ida and pingala. And the ida is the left nostril. The pingala is the right nostril. The ida is the left nostril side of the body and the right hemisphere of the brain. This is the feminine, yin, receptive, sukha, soft, ease, sort of polarities, this side of you on the left nostril. So when you inhale through the left nostril, you increase all of those qualities. You bring them in. And if you breathe in through the right nostril, you increase all the sukha qualities, the stability, stira, focus, drive, the masculine qualities, the structure, right? We need both. But every 90 minutes, one of those is dominant for you. So you can check in throughout the day. Like if you've got scheduled to go to a workout or go to an important meeting where you've got to be really sharp and strong and focused and have a lot of stira, but your left nostril is dominant right now for that in that 90 minute period, you can do some inhaling through the right side, exhaling through the left side. Do that for a minute or two just to start to wake up, sharpen the mind. You don't have to drink coffee and uh, do 100 sit-ups and do Pilates and do CrossFit and you know, push yourself and do all this stuff. You can do it on a very subtle energetic level. And from an Ayurvedic perspective, everything starts on the subtle energetic level first. That's where you have the most influence and control. Once it becomes very physical, now it's gone past the, the subtle so if you start to already have rashes, disease, boils, uh, any sort of issues, inflammation, like it's a little bit later on in the process, you can still reverse it and you can still work with it, but it's going to be a little more challenging. So if you can catch it like hour by hour, day by day, checking in with your energy, is this a day where you want to be more active and engaged? 
Can you do some right nostril inhales to help with that or some slightly active things to work you in that direction to engage that part of the nervous system? Or is this a day where you need to rest and sometimes you might not want to, but you need to, otherwise you'll have to at some point. Right, so this is where coming in the yoga uh, nidra, the yin practice is restorative, is gonna help balance that out, breathing into the left side. And this can all be very pleasurable and fun and enjoyable, and some people are gonna tend to want to do more of the yin stuff, and it's gonna be hard to do that more active stuff, but they need it, otherwise their muscles get weak, then they get sore and tight, and then they try to stretch, and it gets worse, this was me, right? So always checking in with those polarities and seeing what your body needs day to day hour by hour in your life, in your practice, and then as a teacher, tuning into your students to see how you can help them work with those energies themselves. So I hope this was helpful for you, and to me, this is really the crux of everything I teach. And when I go to teach a class, I'm thinking about where we're gonna focus more stira or sukha. Have we done too much sukha? That's getting some more stira, right? So it's just always this sort of balance, this push and pull of feeling into those polarities. Some days it's gonna be much more emphasis on one of those polarities than the other. Some practices are all about stira, some are all about sukha, and that's okay, right? So it's tuning into what is relevant and resonant in that moment. So I hope that's helpful for you. And if you want to plan your whole year based on this concept and apply it to your life, the Mindful New Year Retreat is exactly that based on yoga, Ayurveda, Vedic astrology. You can check it out at mindfulnewyear.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying it, please leave a review. It really helps the algorithms to help people find this podcast. And thank you for listening. I'm excited to share more with you soon.